I want to thank you all for the, uh, the privilege to just open up the Word of God with you today. Um, I have loved this series of the Fruit of the Spirit. It has been such an encouragement to me. And uh, I love being able to see all the application that we can use in our everyday lives. And so I'm excited to continue that series with you today as we look at the next word, kindness. I want to start by asking you, just in your own mind, how would you define kindness? What would you say about kindness? How would you define it? Well, I personally have found it pretty difficult to come up with a definition that works for just that word. Instead, our minds tend to go toward more of examples of kindness rather than a definition. We use examples to frame up what kindness means to us. Well, in Richard Wormbrand's book, Tortured for Christ, he tells us the story of a young Christian man that he met while he was in prison. Machevich was 18 years old when Russian communists arrested him and tortured him for claiming Christ as his Savior. They beat him and subjected him to horrible conditions. And he became severely ill with tuberculosis. Somehow his family was able to find out about his sickness and they sent him a box of medicine that could potentially save his life. However, the political officer who was stationed at that prison had recepted the box and he would not offer the box to him, but instead he offered a proposal. He said that if Machevich gave up information about his other prisoners, then he would give him the box of medicine. But immediately, Machevich rejected this offer. He said that he'd rather die than be a traitor to his friends. The officer said that is exactly what he thought he would say, and he even shook his hand. But then he made another proposal. He said, There are some of your prisoners who have betrayed your Christ and your Christians. They betrayed you and they became informers to the communists. They gave up information about you and your fellow Christians. So, here's my proposal. If you give information against them, then I will give you this box of medicine. Well, Matovich rejected this proposal just as quickly. He said that he is a disciple of Christ. And Jesus taught, that we must be, uh, we are taught to love our enemies and be good to those who hate us. He refused to give up information about them, and instead, he prayed for them, and he said that he pitied them. He never received that medicine, and later in that prison, he died praising God. That is kindness. Even if defining kindness is difficult, we, it's easy to know it when we see it. But in order to understand 
truly understand what kindness is, we need to explore four questions about it. First, we need to ask, what do we know already about kindness? What do we know about kindness? Second, what is kindness? Third, why do we need to practice kindness? And then finally, how do we cultivate kindness? So let's take a look at that first question. What do we know already about kindness? After a quick walk through scripture, here's what we can pick up about kindness. First, kindness is exhibited by God. Second, kindness is an outworking of love. Third, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And then fourth, kindness is commanded to all believers. First, we want to know that kindness is exhibited by God. Now, if you want to write these down, I'm going to go through four examples of how um, God exemplifies kindness throughout the scriptures. So first, God's kindness was exhibited in the Old Testament in his love for and calling of Israel. So one example of kindness exhibited by God is his love for and calling of Israel. In Isaiah 63, 7, it says, I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things that he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and his many kindnesses. So, God's kindness is exhibited in the Old Testament toward Israel. Israel. Another way that God exhibits kindness is his exhibiting kindness towards us even when we were unbelievers. If you would, please turn with me to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, and I'll be in verse 4. In verse 4 it says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? So we see that even before we were saved, God showed his kindness to us, a kindness that would lead us to repentance. We see also in Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas emphasizes God's kindness by giving them examples of how God gave them general provisions like food and like rain. And so we know that God shows his kindness to us even when we're unbelievers. Third, we can see that God's kindness was exhibited towards us in his saving us. If you would, turn with me to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. It says, But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. Not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So we see there, God's kindness 
is exhibited toward us in our salvation. He forgave us and credited to us righteousness, even apart from our works. And then finally, we see that God's kindness will be exhibited to us in the future and in all eternity. We'll see in Ephesians chapter 2. If you would, again, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. We saw that God's kindness is shown to us in the Old Testament to Israel. It's shown to us in um, to us before our salvation. It was shown to us in our salvation. And then finally, it will be exhibited toward us in all eternity. In verse 7 it says, So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. He will continue to bless us through the full realization of our um, inheritance in the new creation. So now, the next thing that we already know about kindness is that it is an outworking of love. Clay has already explained this very well in his sermon on Galatians 5, 22-23. He said that all of these fruits are ultimately an outworking of the one fruit of love. If you missed that, I would really encourage you to go and listen to it. We see the same thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. It says that love is kind. It's a simple phrase, but it helps us understand better what kindness is. Another thing that we already know about kindness, and this is kind of obvious, is that it's a fruit of the Spirit. We see that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what does that mean, though? What does it mean for kindness to be a fruit of the Spirit? Well, this means that the Spirit himself is cultivating it in your life as he dwells in you. So that's what it means to be a fruit of the Spirit, is that we can be confident in the Spirit working these things through our lives. And then finally, something that we already know about kindness is that it's commanded. It is commanded to all believers. If you would, turn with me to Ephesians 4. Chapter, chapter 4, verse 32. We see this command, that it's a direct command. It says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. So we see that it's a direct command with a special emphasis on forgiveness. We are commanded be kind. We see the same command in Colossians chapter 3, but it's a little bit different in this one. 
In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So we're commanded to do kindness, to be kind, and to put on kindness. Now, let's take all of these things that we already know, and let's try to take, um, try to take these to answer the next question. The next question, number two, is what is kindness? Number two, what is kindness? Now, in my study, this is the definition that I came up with. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit through which love takes action to tenderheartedly do good to someone else. I'll say that again. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, through which love takes action to tenderheartedly do good to someone else. More simply, you could just say that kindness is intentionally doing good to someone else. So let's look at that definition a little bit more closely. I want to see three different things um, that I would like to point out to you about this definition. Three things that I hope that you can see as well. First, I want to see that kindness requires thinking of someone else more than thinking of myself. Kindness requires of thinking of someone else more than just myself. Number two, I want us to see that kindness requires action. Kindness requires action. And then third, I'd like us to see that kindness does not expect anything in return. Kindness does not expect anything in return. So let's look at that first one. Kindness requires thinking of someone else more than myself. It takes hard work to be able to do that, to think from the perspective of someone else. And then not only that, but we need to use that to be able to position ourselves to best help those people. So it's going to take effort and time, but it's worth it. Second, Kindness requires action. It's easy to think that kindness is more of just the absence of being mean or rude. But it's not just a good-natured smile and warm handshake. Kindness does. It's intentional. It requires action. Jesus, he gives an excellent example of this in Luke 10, 30-37. If you'd like to turn there with me. I'm sure it's a passage you all know very well. But Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho 
and fell among robbers. And they stripped him and beat him. And they went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who is on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. So we can see so clearly that kindness does. It requires action. Third, I'd like us to see that kindness does not expect anything in return. Kindness does not expect anything in return. Just so you know, it is not kindness to flatter someone. You are not being kind when you use your possessions, giving, to influence people to get what you want. That is ultimately self-seeking, and it does no good to someone else. We see another excellent example of this in Luke, just a few chapters before. In Luke chapter 10, or Luke chapter 6, sorry. In Luke chapter 6, verse 34. We'll look at the, this passage a little bit more in depth later on, but I just want to emphasize this one verse. It says, If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive... What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. So we see there another perfect example Another way that we can look at kindness is also by looking at its other expressions. I'd like to emphasize two other ways that kindness is uniquely expressed in Scripture. So let's look at those. Kindness is expressed in tender-hearted forgiveness. That's something that we saw in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, but I want to return there and look at it again. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 32. It says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. What an incredible expression of kindness. Forgiveness is. Tender-hearted forgiveness. 
Another expression that Jesus gives of kindness is an expression of doing good and loving our enemies. In Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 38, I know we were just there, but bear with me. Back in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Kindness is expressed in our love for even our enemies. Jesus specifically emphasizes kindness toward our enemies as a unique expression of that kindness. So now, if we've got all of these things down of what it means to be kind, the next question that we have to ask is why do we need to be kind? Number three, why do we need to be kind? Well, put simply, the Lord has left us with no excuses to not be kind. God has left us with no excuse to not be kind. We have to pursue kindness because He's given us these three reasons. The first reason is that Christ showed us His ultimate kindness. Christ showed us the ultimate kindness. Number two, the Lord commands us to continue in His kindness. The Lord commands us to continue in His kindness. And then number three, we have already been promised that we will be taken care of even if we pursue being kind to others. We have already been promised that we will be taken care of even as we pursue kindness. So let's look at that first one. Christ showed us the ultimate kindness. In Ephesians 2, we see that Christ's work to save us is the ultimate form of his kindness, of kindness. And then in Romans chapter 5, if you turn there, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord has always and ever been kind to us. Even when we positioned ourselves as enemies against Him, He still showed that kindness. And then back to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. We can see that He promises us an eternal future in which He will show the surpassing riches of His grace. It says, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So we have no excuse because Christ showed us the ultimate kindness. A second way 
the second reason why we need to be kind is that the Lord commands us. The Lord commands us to continue in His own kindness. The Lord, He continues to show His enemies kindness, and He expects us to do the same. God has shown us His kindness. And if you do not continue in His kindness, Romans chapter 11, verse 22 says that you will be cut off. Let's go ahead and turn there. Romans chapter 11, verse 22. In verse 22 it says, Behold then the kindness and the severity of God. To those who fell, severity. But to you, God's kindness if you continue in His kindness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. If we do not continue in God's kindness, as He has already shown us, then clearly we are not a part of Him. And then, we can also look in Colossians chapter 3, that Paul shows us that we are merely putting on what we have already become. And we are doing what we have already chosen to do. In Colossians chapter 3, we can see in verse 9, it says, Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So we are putting off the old and putting on the new. And then skip down in verse 12. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So we are not only putting off the old and putting on the new, We must put on kindness in that. So now, a third reason that we can be kind is that we have been promised that we will be taken care of as we pursue kindness. We can see that very clearly in Proverbs 19.17. Proverbs 19.17. I'll just read that really quickly. Proverbs 19.17 says, One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. So we see that it is better to give than to receive, like we see in Acts 20, verse 35. It is always better to give than to receive. So we must not fear of being, we, we must not fear being taken advantage of. And then also in Matthew chapter 6, we, we know that there's nothing that we need to worry about. God, He even takes care of the sparrow and the lilies of the field. We are so much, um, so much more special to Him. 
And He will always take care of us. Now, with these motivations in mind, we can finally look at how we can actually show kindness. So the fourth question, how do we show kindness? Well, I've outlined five steps to take to actually work this out in your life. So number four, how do we show kindness? First, we need to identify specific people or situations where it's difficult to be kind. Identify specific people or situations where it's difficult to be kind. Next, we need to identify lies that you might tell yourself about this situation. Identify lies that you might tell yourself about this situation. And then third, we have to identify the truth about this situation. Identify the truth about this situation. And then fourth, we need to identify the ways that we can actually be kind to that person. Identify the ways that you can actually be kind to that person. And then fifth, you have to do it. You have to take action. So let's go back and look at number one. Identify specific people or situations where it is difficult to be kind. Here is where we can look for those people who might have wronged us or maybe who are constantly mean to us. Look for those who have distanced them, have tried to distance themselves from you and see how you can be kind to them. Look for those who might be outside of your groups, um, maybe just on the fringe of your social settings. But then also, remember to be kind to all those who are closest to you too. Sometimes when you spend enough time around someone, you stop being intentional just because you're used to them. So it's important to think of those people as well when you're thinking about being kind. So, after we identify specific people or situations where it is difficult to be kind, let's identify lies that you might tell yourself about that situation. Identify lies that you might tell yourself. Have you ever heard yourself thinking something like this? Well, I don't really have the time right now or the money to help this person. Is that really true? Search your heart and ask yourself. What about this? Well, this person doesn't deserve my kindness. If I do something nice for him or her, they'll think that they've done nothing wrong when we both know that they have. Or maybe... This person is too far gone for me to do anything about. There's no reason for me to show him kindness. These lies, they have to be combated. They have to be combated with the truth. And so, now, so next, let's look at the truth about these situations. Remember that the truth is that person is a fellow image bearer of God and is loved by God. The truth is that you have been forgiven of your sins, your sins that are punishable by death 
You are called to forgive, just as you have been forgiven also. There is nothing that they could have done that you cannot forgive. The truth also, the truth is that you can share your possessions. Whatever earthly possessions that you lose will be incomparable compared to the reward that God can give you. And then the last truth that we can remember is that each time that you express kindness, you are shaping your own character and conforming to the spirit that lives inside of you. So now, with those truths fresh in your mind, we need to identify ways that we can actually act kindly to the person. So in order to do that, you have to open yourself up to conversation. Get to know them. Understand how they take. Take time and energy on drawing them out and finding the things that may not be so obvious at first. Put yourself in their shoes and then do unto others as you would have them do to you. Or simply, you could just ask them, how would I be able to help you best? What is some way that I can do that I can show kindness to you? And then fifth, the last thing, the last step that we need to do is do it. You need to take action. In my life, the foremost area where I can practice kindness is in my marriage. How I interact with my wife every day must be characterized by kindness. If it's not being exemplified here, how can I expect to exemplify kindness anywhere else? This specific situation occurs every day when I come home after work. If I'm exemplifying kindness in my speech, I would ask questions about her day. I would ask how she's doing and what's on her mind. I'd be attentive to what she has to say. I would be engaged in all of the things that she's engaged in. Now, I can do this by preparing my mind on the trip beforehand. As I'm headed to work, prepare my mind. Ask what I'm going to say. Be ready to be an encouragement and a listening ear. My attitude would need to be joyful and encouraging, but it would also need to change according to what would best benefit her. And so I would rejoice in what she rejoices in, and I would mourn when she is mourning. That is how I can practice kindness. Now, this can be applied in any relationship that you have. Look at your church relationships. Look at your work relationships. Family or roommates Where can you show kindness? On your drive back from church today, think about what you can do to show kindness to your roommate or to your brother or sister, to your parents. Do you need to start by offering forgiveness for something that they've done against you? Figure that out. What questions can you ask them to show them that you really care? What can you do to learn more about how to show them kindness best. Remember that you can show kindness in all of your relationships, not just those closest to you. Engage with all those around you, being attentive to how you can share 
kindness with others. At church, you can seek out new faces and introduce yourself. Maybe help them. Help them find the next service or answer questions about the church. At work, you can engage with your coworkers. Inquire about their day. Ask them how they're doing. And then lend a listening ear to whatever is on their heart. When you're on a bus or carpooling, sitting in a class, sitting at the coffee shop, you're sitting next to someone who you can show encouragement to and kindness to. Are those people on your mind when you think about practicing kindness? Now, this can all be overwhelming. You can always, always, always be more kind than you are now. But um, we shouldn't be discouraged. Christ is the only one who can say that he was perfectly kind in this life. And so we don't need to be discouraged because just like all of this fruit of the Spirit, kindness too will be attained ultimately when we are finally conformed into the image of Christ. So as I close, let me offer some encouragement by reading Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he called, he also, or those whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Guys, that is promised to us who are in Christ. So go. Be kind, knowing that our kindness will only grow stronger and stronger in Christ Jesus until it is complete. Let's pray.